We return this morning to Matthew chapter 4. We begin to pick up at verse 23. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those that were possessed of devils, and those that were moonstruck or lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. Father, we are pleased this morning to be able to think upon the Lord Jesus Christ in the first advent, as to the particular nature of his ministry among the Jewish nation for purposes seldom understood in the day in which we live. Grant to us then clarity in the scriptures by thy blessed spirit. Draw upon the heart of those that are far from you. Bless those who are near to you. Let there be a stress from within concerning the tug of the Spirit as it relates to the tenderness of our hearts to hear such things and to respond to such things as we have them before us in the text today. Thank you for the good singing that we've done. Thank you for the good music that we've heard and how that the thoughts of those songs have directed us again and again to the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us then to respond to what we've heard already and that to come with a sense of honest, open, tender heart response. And for that, we'll praise you in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the kingdom for whose, or for the Savior whose kingdom it stands. White background, red Latin cross, blue canton. 125 years ago, Charles Overton and Ralph Diffendorfer, I just like saying that name, <laughs> Charles Overton and Ralph Diffendorfer designed that white flag with a red Latin cross charged upon a blue canton that has been adopted as an emblem of devotion and allegiance among local churches of various stripes. The Ecumenical Association, known today as the National Council of Churches, officially adopted that flag in January of 1942. The pledge to the flag is recited differently from church to church based upon doctrinal distinctions. We have one. We seldom use it and its connection to the National Council of Churches is offensive to us. 
Nonetheless, the flag does introduce and keep before us the idea of Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, the King of the Jews, and his kingdom yet to come. The king thing in scripture is a huge topic to consider, and we have taught publicly on this topic of the king thing on various occasions. The king thing is a biblical thread line and theme uh, that has this uh, thrilling element to it uh, connected to the three offices uh, of Old Testament prophecy that are immediately finding their fulfillment in the person of Jesus the Christ. The office of prophet, the office of priest, uh, the office of king. We just finished singing a song that directed us towards the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus. Uh, We've been saying now since last June, when we picked up the study of the Gospel of Matthew, that Matthew's particular intention is to introduce to us to King Jesus. And yet, as we recently studied a few months ago in Hebrews, uh, uh, the Lord is indeed the ultimate expression of the word of God or the, or the manifestation of God himself to man uh, in word uh, form, both living and written, and therefore the ultimate prophet. Jesus is the capital P prophet. He is the capital P priest. He is the capital K king. No other book in the Bible more intentionally develops the king thing than does the gospel presentation of Matthew. In just this fourth chapter, we have seen the interrogation of the king uh, by the father of lies. And we have seen the Lord refuse to rule over a kingdom of death. Satan offered Jesus the world as she sits right now. And Jesus said to this world, no thank you. What's the attitude of God towards this world? No, thank you. Jesus refused rulership over the kingdoms of death that Satan indeed uh, has supplanted man and now rules. We've also seen in this fourth chapter the initiation of the kingdom preaching ministry of Jesus. Chapter 4 and verse 17. After John the baptizer was imprisoned, Jesus began to pick up with that message that John the baptizer had been preaching, repent for the kingdom of God, as promised the Jewish nation, is at hand. Last week we saw that the Jewish-born king, Jesus, appointed men to join him in his kingdom work and offer being made to the Jewish nation in that first advent period of time. We call this the king's invitation, although we stress the fact that the four men called of the Lord were indeed uh, uh, called in such a way that we understand it as being imperative. It's not come if you want to, it is indeed come. It's an authoritative come. So chapter 4, interrogation, chapter 4, initiation, chapter 4, invitation, and now we come to the end of the chapter and we talk about the Lord's influence, the influence of King Jesus upon that region at that time. Specifically this morning in verses 23 to 25, we want to examine three things, the itinerary 
of King Jesus, the activity of King Jesus, and the popularity of King Jesus. Itinerary, activity, and popularity are the three things that are featured in Matthew 4, 23 to 25. We begin then with the itinerary of the king as uh, we pick up at verse 23. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, and all manner of disease among the people. The itinerary of the king. Jesus went about, or led his men about all Galilee. The Jewish region surrounding the Sea of Galilee was about as long as the distance from Grand Rapids to Kalamazoo. And it was about as wide as from uh, Expressway 131 uh, to Highway 66. Within the region, there were over 200 villages serving a Jewish population of just shy of a half a million people. We are specifically told that as Jesus went, he entered as a matter of practice. He entered as a matter of routine, quote, their synagogues. It doesn't say his synagogues. It says their synagogues. The Jewish synagogue was a place of deliberate religious purpose and community. The word synagogue is like the word church in that it primarily refers to a group of people, not a facility. As we quite often say to you, when you aren't here, the church isn't here, although the address is still 1615 Bancroft. Uh, as a matter of custom, it took 10 Jewish family men, 10 men representative of a Jewish family, to form a local synagogue. Now, it's interesting because the ancient forming of synagogues is largely unknown. Let me say it again. The ancient forming of synagogues is largely unknown in Israel, going back to that time when the tabernacle and then Solomon's temple were, of course, still in use. But during the period of exile, caused by the sin of the Jewish nation, remnants of the Jewish faithful further organized local groupings, especially after the destruction of Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. Acts 15.21 tells us that synagogues were in use for, quote, many generations before the first century. So where does the impetus for synagogue come? Apparently it comes from Jewish people. No Bible, verse says, maketh thou a synagogueth. No verse like that. And so the idea is, is, that, uh, is that the Jewish people, uh, primarily because they had what we call a central pedal uh, uh, concept of worship, were that when the tabernacle was being used, that tent of meeting, and then the temple of Solomon was being used, uh, the Jewish people on three occasions a year would come to 
the tabernacle, or the tent for national worship. But then what about the rest of the time when the Jewish people were, were gathering and meeting and celebrating God on the Sabbath day? Well, where do they go? Well, apparently somebody decided they ought to go to a synagogue. And a synagogue is just a place of gathering, a place of assembling, where Jewish people would gather uh, uh, in light of the fact that uh, apparently during the period they were there, uh, as far as we can tell, uh, they were there and in use uh, prior to the exile, uh, during the days of uh, uh, when there was a tabernacle and there was uh, a, a temple uh, to go to uh, three times a year, if not more, if you could. Uh, but nonetheless, this idea of, of places to gather of a more local nature uh, uh, goes all the way back for many, many generations. So it says Acts 15 and 21. Now, the Lord Jesus extensively traveled with his appointed men throughout the region, interacting with Jewish individuals and groups of people regarding kingdom purpose and opportunity that was at hand. You will not get a hold of Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4. You will not get a hold of Matthew 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 if you do not understand the idea of kingdom offer. The king is here in Matthew chapter 4, and he is preaching, repent, for the kingdom, as promised the Jewish nation, is at hand. The itinerary of Jesus is to go to the Jewish people in the Galilee, 200 villages approximately, to go from place to place to place, and he enters in, as it were, an interaction with individuals and groups of people, Jewish people, regarding kingdom purpose and opportunity, kingdom opportunity at hand for them, at hand for them, at hand for them. That brings us then, this itinerary then brings us to, secondly this morning, the king's activity. What did King Jesus do? Or what were the ministry parameters of King Jesus? Well, again, verse 23 Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So, three things there. The ministry of the Lord Jesus involved teaching, it involved preaching, it involved healing. The king had, obvious to us, arrived in that moment of time, in the Jewish nation, but that Jewish nation need repent for the promised kingdom to be realized, to be uh, enacted. And so the message of John the baptizer and the message of the Lord Jesus Christ was, repent, for the kingdom of God has promised the Jewish nation is at hand. Therefore, we see that Jesus engaged perpetually in three activities that propped up and supported that overriding message. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Those activities are teaching, preaching, and healing. Verse 22, or 23 rather, and explain some in verse 24. Let's take them individually quickly. The teaching ministry of Jesus in the synagogue would have demonstrated from the Old Testament scriptures 
the relationship of God's promises and prophecy to himself as king and the kingdom opportunity for the nation to be realized by repentance. When Jesus entered into the synagogues among the Jewish people, he would have preached uh, and, and taught more, as it were, on the gospel of the kingdom, and he would have indeed uh, uh, explained the uniqueness uh, that would lead people to an understanding of exactly who he was, and we would quickly say king, and what he had come to establish, and we would quickly say kingdom. Jesus came to teach in the synagogues concerning the nature of the king and the kingdom. A gathering in the local synagogue for instructive purpose could take place on any day of the week, but of course it always took place weekly in relationship to the Sabbath and the worship of God. The pattern of weekly worship in the synagogues of that period was to meet once a week and rally around the Shema. Deuteronomy 6, the Lord our God is one. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. Deuteronomy 6. And then after rallying around the Shema, then the Jewish congregation would read a section from the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They would read a section from the Torah, and then that would be followed by a reading of a selection from the Hebrew prophets, like Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Micah or Nahum, uh, one of the Hebrew pro prophets. Now, both the readings of Scripture from the Torah and the Hebrew prophets uh, would be followed by a period of comments that would usually be shared by local leaders and, of course, would also be open to visiting teachers would be given during the aspect of that gathering an opportunity to teach. We know that Jesus used those opportunities in the synagogue routinely, as did the Apostle Paul after the Lord's ascension. The pattern was for Paul as a missionary to go into a town, to go first to the Jewish people, to enter into their synagogue, and to teach and interact with people over the scriptures concerning the Torah and the promises of God and loving God back who first loved us and then the reality of the promises of the prophets concerning the king and the kingdom come. That was Paul's pattern in the missionary period as recorded in the Acts. And before Paul, obviously, that was the Lord's pattern. Jesus entered into the synagogue to teach. In Luke chapter 4, you have a record of a synagogue service, a gathering in the city of Nazareth, where that pattern can be seen and the emphasis of the Lord's teaching therein easily perceived. Let's just take a quick look at that. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. I'm only interested in this morning as a representative of the kind of teaching ministry that Jesus did uh, throughout those 200 village synagogues in the Galilee, uh, as recorded in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23. Luke 4, 16. And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. 
And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again unto the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them were in the, that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. That's the kind of thing Jesus was doing in synagogue after synagogue after synagogue after synagogue after synagogue of the 200 villages in the Galilee back in that day. He was teaching in their synagogues. Secondly, as we've covered quite extensively already, Jesus was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was preaching uh, the gospel of the kingdom. We know what Jesus uh, uh, preached specifically based upon chapter 4 and verse 17. But here, that designation of preaching the gospel of the kingdom is uh, charged with, uh, uh, with a new sense of significance to be understood both then and now. As a gospel-preaching pastor and a gospel-preaching local church, that'd be me and that'd be us here, I need to clarify for you that we do not preach the kingdom part of the good news as in the kingdom of God is at hand. I don't preach that. I don't preach that to you. Uh, we do pray thy kingdom come. We do not preach that the kingdom has come. Because it isn't here yet. Did you look at the news? Did you have your eyes open at all last week? Then you know, if you were here at all last week, you know, anywhere around, you know, uh, that God's kingdom has not come to earth. God's kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness. God's kingdom is a kingdom of peace. God's kingdom is a kingdom of joy. That has not come. Just ask Zelensky. Probe Putin. Listen to the news. Know what's going on all around us. Ask the families of those four students in Idaho. Righteousness? No. Peace? No. Joy? <laughs> so little. We pray, we still pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We do not preach the kingdom part of the gospel, but we preach the good news of the king. Hear the difference? We do not preach the good news of the kingdom. We do preach the good news of the king. Come, crucified, risen, and ascended. The kingdom as promised to Israel was legitimately offered. Beginning at Matthew chapter 5. Running through Matthew chapter 13. Legitimately offered. 
uh, legitimately rejected, and uh, I should say sadly rejected, and, uh, and then ultimately postponed. Hence, we pray, thy kingdom come. The preaching ministry of Jesus was the focus of Israel's opportunity to realize the promised kingdom of God by their repentance. The kingdom come is only real when the people are tender-hearted to receive it. The kingdom come is only real when the people to whom it is promised have a tender heart towards God. And yet the marker that we've quoted already 15, 20 times since we started in Matthew chapter 1 is that quote from John chapter 1, he came unto his own and his own received him not. The kingdom was offered. And part of that kingdom offer is what we're going to hear about as we continue with Matthew chapter 5. The kingdom was offered Israel. The kingdom was rejected by Israel. And the kingdom has been postponed. Nonetheless, as a matter of encouragement, I remind you that the gospel of the king is exactly what we preach. And the gospel of the kingdom to Jesus uh, is going to be, I should say, the gospel of the kingdom as Jesus preached it uh, uh, to Israel is going to be a part of the preaching in, in days ahead. Now, it may sound a little confusing, but just think with me about these two prongs. There is a gospel, a good news, a good tidings relative to the king. And there is a, uh, a gospel, a good news that is relative to the kingdom come. Uh, we are not actively preaching uh, the kingdom come part. We pray thy kingdom come. We don't actively preach that. But we do preach the gospel of the king. The gospel of the king out of heaven come. Uh, the gospel of the king out of heaven crucified for our sins. Uh, the gospel of the kingdom, uh, the king out of heaven come, crucified for our sins, risen on the third day, ascended with a promise to come again. We do preach that. We do preach that. The whole of this ministry is directed to that blessed reality that sometimes we just generically call the gospel. But more specifically, we preach the gospel of the king. And Jesus is the king, and he is preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And in the coming day, uh, the gospel of the king, he died for our sins, rose again the third day, ascended, comes again. The gospel of the king uh, will once again be united with the gospel of the kingdom. And both of those elements will be preached during the time. And the Bible says, all Israel in that day will be saved. Something to look forward to. But the kingdom to be fully realized exactly as promised requires clean and tender hearts towards God and in regards to the Jewish nation. In the meantime, we preach the truth that you can be saved from the penalty of your own personal sins by the accomplishments of King Jesus. Matthew used the word gospel only four times in his account. 
and three out of four are about the gospel of the kingdom. Making that distinction between the gospel of the king and the gospel of the kingdom will open up just a phenomenal floodgate of understanding as you embrace it uh, in the scriptures, especially as we continue uh, uh, next week with Matthew chapter 5. Now the third activity, itinerary activity, the third activity uh, is Jesus healed people. And of course, uh, did miraculous things uh, as a validation of his teaching and preaching ministry. And in fact, that healing reality is to a prophetic uh, uh, specification uh, in regards to uh, uh, the Old Testament prophecies. I want you to see one of those with me, just as a reminder this morning, Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, verses 3 to 6. Isaiah, 700 years before uh, the uh, earthly life and ministry of Jesus the Christ, said to the Jewish nation, Strengthen ye the weak hands, and confirm the feeble needs. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Then, verse 5, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a hart or a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams breaking out in the desert. That is a description, that is a prophetic description of what happens when the king out of heaven arrives on the earth. And in those words of prophecy, you can then take the miracles of the Lord Jesus as he deals with all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of torments, all kinds of possession all kinds of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, difficulties, mental, emotional, uh, uh, physical, uh, including those that had palsy, uh, and he heals them all. And that healing uh, ministry of the Lord Jesus is, of course, uh, uh, the, the validation uh, and proof of his identity, who he is, King Jesus, and the validation of the kingdom offer, his kingdom come. It helps us to understand uh, the Lord's uh, upcoming uh, prohibition uh, to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus said to his disciples, go not into the way of the Gentiles, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus narrowed the focus of his preaching ministry uh, in this year of, of popularity. He limited his preaching ministry to uh, the nation of Israel as he is still making the kingdom offer. And how is he making it? He's saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And I remind you that Matthew is not only interested that you and I would correctly identify who king 
the king out of heaven is, but that we would also understand as modern believers in that king uh, as to why the kingdom's been postponed. And again, the reason that the kingdom has been postponed is because it was rejected by the Jewish nation in the first century and thereby has been postponed, leaving us with a great opportunity to preach the gospel of the king, but waiting until the day when once again there will be preaching concerning the gospel of the kingdom as Israel is prepared in the end to meet their God and to believe upon uh, the Lord Jesus. Now, this is a, a phenomenal thing to think about in a number of regards. And there's one more little angle I want to at least mention this morning uh, before we move on. And that is the fact is that you have in verse 23 uh, the essence of everything Jesus did under the banner of ministry. What was ministry in the life of the Lord Jesus, first advent? Well, in verse 23, you see that the activity of Jesus in ministry involves teaching. That the activity and ministry of Jesus involves preaching. That the, uh, uh, that the ministry activity of Jesus involves healing. Now we can simplify the three into two things. What was the ministry of Christ on earth? It was gospel and good works. It was the good news of the kingdom and the good works of the Lord in healing, helping people, regardless of their malady, helping them. And so what is the sphere, what is the nature of ministry? Well, the nature of ministry is about gospel, and it's about good works. And once you have received the gospel of Jesus Christ to your own practical personal benefit, then you are to be about good works. Because the two things have always gone together in regards to ministry exactly as they went together in regards to the ministry of Christ. Now we add as a feature uh, to the ministry of Christ uh, the reality that his uh, powerful, uh, omnipotent ability uh, to uh, heal sicknesses, uh, to relieve people of their demonic uh, uh, possession, uh, to be able to uh, help people uh, regardless of their torments, that all of that uh, was in in a wonderful way used uh, to validate the things that he was teaching in the synagogue, and to validate the things that he was preaching uh, to the people uh, in that particular day. And so uh, the healing ministry of Jesus is what it was that validated and affirmed uh, the element of of the truth uh, that he was preaching and teaching by way of a message. And I suppose that we could quickly make the application that when you and I as believers in Jesus, exercise ourselves unto good works, we too in some ways affirm the message that we preach and teach. Uh, But nonetheless, certainly not in the official way in which the Lord Jesus did it, but nonetheless, he did it. Teaching, preaching, healing. Various types of human sicknesses, disease, torments, lovingly and powerfully addressed by King Jesus. Not just so that they would be helped, The end gate of ministry is not that just people would be helped physically, or they'd just be helped financially, or they'd just be helped. 
No, the end gate of, of, this, of these good works, even in the Lord's case of healing, was that people would know who he was and embrace him with a whole heart. And that people in that day would be, of course, prepared for the reality of the kingdom come. So, itinerary. Secondly, activity of ministry. And then thirdly this morning, the reality of his popularity. Verse 24, and his fame went throughout all Syria, that'd be to the north, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those that were possessed of devils, and those that were lunatic, and those that had palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. Since the time of the Lord's baptism at the hands of John, a year had passed in relative obscurity. But now, for about a year, the Lord will enjoy widespread popularity. We generally think of the Lord's earthly life and ministry in the terms of three years. You know that I like to count it as Passover to Passover, Passover to Passover, Passover to Passover to get to the three years. But nonetheless, we generally account time as the Lord being on earth for three years of public ministry. First year, relative obscurity. The second year, wild popularity. That's where we are now. And then, of course, the last year, growing opposition and rejection. Uh, we're being told in verse 24 of that year of popularity. Uh, the Lord's fame, as it is found in verse 24, escalates dramatically in that region and, of course, beyond that region to the north and to the south and to the east and even some to the west. Uh, King Jesus was not only received, but welcomed enthusiastically, says verse 25, by great multitudes. Interestingly, the word fame in verse 24 yields the English word accolades. The accolades of Jesus went throughout Syria and then, of course, Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond Jordan. The crowds came from the region throughout the Galilee, even from the territory of the ten Gentile cities to the south and east. Jewish people came from Jerusalem and Judea. Jewish people even came from beyond the Jordan in what we know today as Perea. People in great masses came to him and followed him in verse 25. Verse 25 says, and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee. And that causes me at this particular juncture just to call time out. Time out. Because sometimes though the words are exactly the same, they don't mean the same. And so look again at verse 25, and there followed him, Jesus, great multitudes of people. And the last time we saw that word followed, we saw it back in verse 22. And they immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. 
And what I want to say to you for this morning is that the following of verse 25 and the following of verse 22 may be the same word, but they are by no means the same concept or the same thing. Many of the followers from verse 25 will ultimately get a burr in their saddle and abandon the promised king out of heaven. But we'll have to leave that for another day. For this morning, let me just say to you that, that the Lord Jesus, the King of Promise, uh, who is uh, 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 engaged in a very active itinerary, engaged in a threefold uh, activity, uh, and uh, is enjoying at this moment of recorded time uh, a phenomenal sense of popularity, let me just say to you uh, that the Lord Jesus uh, in, is the one who stands in great contrast uh, to, the, uh, to the reality of, of Adam and his sin, back to Genesis chapter 3. Uh, Adam is called the son of God. Here's the son of God that didn't son, sin. Adam is the son of God who did sin. And, uh, and uh, so the, the itinerary of Jesus, the activity of Jesus, the popularity of Jesus uh, causes him to stand in great contrast to uh, 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 Adam's sin. And it also begins to build the contrast relative to Israel's failure to repent that they might realize the kingdom of God that was being offered to them. And of course, we might also say, just in the big picture of the Bible, that the Lord Jesus Christ here stands in ministry in great contrast to the coming rise and rule of the man of sin in the coming day. The Jewish kingdom is postponed as you and I know it today, but the king still seeks and saves those that are lost. It is uh, by faith in Christ that God the Father delivers the believing individual from the power of darkness and translates that individual into, quote, the kingdom of his dear son, Colossians 1.13. And so we understand that those individuals that have embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior today are indeed kingdom citizens, even as they pray, thy kingdom just begun to scratch the surface of the king and his kingdom. And next week, we'll pick up with chapter 5 and the uniqueness of what I like to call the Messianic Manifesto. Father, for this morning, we thank you and praise you for the good things we've heard, for the good things we've studied, for the things that many of us have indeed believed. And we pray that as a result of the word of God communicated, that faith would rise, that faith would be nourished, that joy in Christ would be experienced, and that we would find reason in this season of the year to have and be people of great hope and expectation because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for each one that is here. Thank you for the blessedness of this opportunity. Continue to encourage hearts, we pray. 
in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen.